Kia ora, this is Flirting with 30, Season 2. Too fast. Too 30-ish. I'm Laura Beth Kewen. There's a book on my shelf. It's one of my favorite books. It's called The Art of Choosing by Sheena Iyengar. Uh, she's a professor. She studies making decisions. Now, in this book, she writes about a piece of research from the 1950s. It's actually a real mean piece of research, but... It illustrates what I'm talking about today. Some biology researchers, they did an experiment with rats where they took dozens of lab rats and they put each of them into a big bucket of water that they couldn't escape from. And they were simply measuring how long the rats would swim before they gave up and died. It was simpler times before modern ethics approvals. Now, even though the rats were seemingly identical Some of them would swim for 15 minutes and give up and die. But others, they swam for days. Some of them swam for 60 hours. And they wouldn't give up until they're at their absolute physical limit. Without a biological explanation for why the results were so vastly different, the researchers kind of had to conclude that the rats were choosing whether to give up or whether to swim on relentlessly. In a way, survival wasn't an instinct, it was a choice. This story illustrates the power of choice, and at certain points in our lives, how choice can be really life-shaping. Today's show, Choose It or Lose It. I talk to people about their big, hard, life-changing decisions, and think about what we get out of those moments. In the second half of the show, I talk to my friend JB about a sad and important life choice that he's made. But first up, I called a person whose questionable life choices have led to my very existence. My mom. Mom? Ah. I was a little rusty in the studio. On air one. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah. Hey. You're back. Thanks for thanks for agreeing to chat to me for the show again, Mom. Yeah, no problem, babe. I'm gonna do an episode about hard decisions. Oh yeah. And mature decisions as well. Okay. Can you tell me well this might be a tricky question. What's the hardest decision you've had to make? Oh, I know. Oh, you're going to love this story, and maybe you shouldn't, I shouldn't tell it because it doesn't bother your sister. Oh. Your dad and I lived together for six years before we got married. Yeah. And the thing was, we hadn't really ever talked about kids, sort of in an esoteric way, right? I, I told him at one point in this relationship, I, of course, I, we were very young, but I said, if I don't have another baby by the time I'm 30, I'm not going to have any more babies. I decided that that was my cutoff date. Hmm. Okay. So at 29, I find myself pregnant oh. with sister. And, um, and I sat down a minute, and I went, so what's this mean? And then I decided that, okay, that's what we're doing, and we're getting married. But I do remember your dad. I, I said, you know, Mark, I'm pregnant. And he went, so what's that mean? And then I looked at him, and I said, it means we're getting married. <laughs> so that was. That was how romantic that was. Mom, that's, that's not romantic. deciding to get married thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then you got down on one knee. <laughs> yes. 
No, you said. it was just like, it means we're getting married. Now, what do you want for dinner? <laughs> and that was kind of how that went. But, you know, um, in my brain, I just thought that for kids, it's better if their parents are married. And that was probably my upbringing, maybe my generation, whatever it is, or some kind of old fogey thing kicking in. Uh, can I ask a hypothetical? Sure. If you wouldn't have um, had gotten pregnant with Chelsea, mm-hmm. would you have ever gotten married again? Oh, that is a big hypothetical. Yeah, I would have. And not because my marriage, my first marriage was such a good, good one, because it wasn't. Obviously, it wasn't. Uh, it's, um, I think it's this thing, I have no problem with people who live with their partners forever and ever and don't marry. I think they're just as committed to each other and as the so-called marriage makes it, but it, something about marriage, it's this public declaration that you've that you're taking this step, right? Mm-hmm. I think that it's. Uh, Is it just for tax purposes? Be honest. Oh well, there 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 are some tax advantages, though. <laughs> I, I, you know, when we weren't married and living together, we had no income, so it really didn't matter. <laughs> it was, certainly wouldn't have caused any sort of. So I don't know what the total tax advantage might have been at that point. But um, I was just thinking that it, it's less chicken shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I kind of get that. Yeah. Because it, it, you have to be braver to mm. be married. It's a little bit, um, it sounds like maybe a little bit romantic from... Someone who, instead of a proposal, just said, you're going to marry me. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We're getting married, damn it. No. (laughs) What's this mean? It means we're getting married. You know, it was like, it was a shotgun wedding, and I was holding the shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) As with most stories from my mother, Dad probably has a different version. Now, from decisions that come to you in a flash, to the cold, hard, looming kind... My pal, J.B. Malthus, he's only 26, hardly qualified for flirting with 30, but he's one of my only peers who's been married and divorced already. I asked him, how did this happen? Well, Laura, when a man and a woman love each other. um, (laughs) So I, it can't be a long story. I'll try and keep it short. Sure. Basically, I had a bit of a flirtation with Mormonism in my late teens, not because I particularly believed in the theology or anything, but because as a depressed, socially kind of awkward and therefore a bit isolated teenager, I ended up in a community where people seemed to care about me and love me. So JB went to BYU-Hawaii for university. It's a Mormon school. And he fell in love. JB and his girlfriend, they found themselves influenced by their environment. The thing with Mormonism is culturally you get married super early. Mm. Right? So it was kind of like, well, there's that that kind of makes it make sense. And, well, what happens when I graduate? Because I'm a New Zealander, she's an American, 
Um, There's that. So was that sort of coming down the track? You're getting to the end yeah, of your degrees so it thinking. Was, yeah. So it's kind of like, how do we make this work? Yeah. Well, there's all these things that make making married get sense. That make getting married make sense. But I think by the time we got married, we'd been together nearly two years, which is actually an eternity in Mormonism. In Mormon years. Yeah, in Mormon years. It's like, like in, dog years. Yeah, it kind it kind of is. Like <laughs> for seriously, I had I know several people I went to university with who so they went to university at eighteen, married at nineteen, had a kid by twenty. Wow. Um that's really, really normal. Yeah. In in Mormonism. Mm-hmm. It felt by at least by everyone else around us like we'd we'd been we'd thought this out. We'd been considered and you know, we definitely did love each other and were compatible and all that. So JB made making married get sense. First big decision complete. And for a while, it was great. But then, it wasn't so great. We came to, came back to New Zealand. So we got her a, a visa and all that. We came back to New Zealand. This was in 2014. So I'd have been, I, was, I was 23. And, uh, but basically, after a couple of months here, she was really unhappy that really really unhappy um and part of it was homesickness um but a lot of it had to do with her life decisions she she um she really she'd started so actually and actually this is probably an important bit of background is we'd both we'd both just left mormonism behind by that point wanted both of us wanted nothing to do with it anymore and so she was now feeling the weight of all of these decisions she had made as a young adult, you know, sort of from her, you know, her mid-teens onwards, where she felt like she had made every decision for her family and for her religion rather than for herself. And that included getting married. But that was partly, once again, it was like it was a series of things, like where she went to school, um, what she did in high school and all these other things, that basically getting married was she felt like it wasn't really her decision at this point. And she was really, really unhappy. So then they faced another decision. The big looming prospect of a breakup. Basically, I I told her one day that, you know, you need to go back to the US. Like, you, like we can't be together anymore because it hurts you so much. And we sort of left it as kind of a, we didn't know what was gonna happen. Um, she went back to the US. And we still talked like every day for four or five months, and she was she was doing a lot better, and, and it was sort of like you know I had to this was and this is the pain the painful part really more than the really painful part was having to realize that it was done, that it wasn't just like a, a break for mm. her own good. We were done. In talking to JB, I was trying to find out if it was hard. I was trying to get at the act of making that decision. It sounded big and complex and awkward. JB and his wife were living with JB's parents, so their relationship troubles were really on display. But when it came down to it, according to JB, it wasn't that hard at all. Uh, When you actually pitched me coming in, you talked about hard decisions, and I was thinking about it, is that the decision in the end is like, it wasn't a hard decision. It was actually really easy. Um, and at the time I thought separating was the better thing for, well, both of our worlds. Cause I was really, un- I was getting, re- you know, it wasn't healthy for either of us really. And obviously like if we were still together, I mean, we possibly could have worked through it, but 
I don't I don't even ever think like I don't ever wish we had tried to work through it because looking back it does feel like it was the best thing a lot of these hard decisions these decisions that we build up as hard like what do I do what do I do they're often pretty clear in the moment strap around your neck as your hands protect that all lens on your walk to my house when you look back on the whole saga do you do you have regrets uh so i think things may okay it would have been way less painful if we and there were there were moments where we could have decided to not get married because I really, in the end, it was like any early 20s relationship that, like, you know, like I have plenty of friends that have been through the same thing. They just never got married. Mm. Um, and then it would have just been like, you know, a pretty typical um, early 20s breakup. It would have been painful, but it would have been way less complex. Um, but I don't I don't really regret it. Um, it's one of these things. I, I suffered from really bad depression um, for well, the vast majority of my life now. I think that the difficulties with that, I don't regret. Like, I, I've i gotten to a point where I'm like, I can't imagine, I can't imagine an existence without it because of what I think it's given me. And it's the same with the pain of getting married and then having to break up with, um, in a year. So JB was telling me not to worry so much. But when you get to 30 you start to feel you haven't got as much time to waste, that somehow mistakes and takebacks have greater consequences. JB has cracked some tough nuts, and he still thinks decisions aren't a thing to fear. People worry about them too much before they happen, because if you ever do get to a point where you're like, huh, maybe I should get married to my partner, you're probably actually getting to a point where that decision will become really clear. Mm. And I think if, if the decision is as simple as yes or no, and you're having a hard time trying to decide, just pick one. And this is a thing that I did do a lot with, you know, getting, as a teenager, getting really anxious about decisions. I did build up some decisions. But then I realised that there's no point wasting the time. Do one or the other. Because you'll have a fuller life if you actually do a thing or don't do the thing and do something else. Like, if you stay in a holding pattern, like, yeah, I don't really enjoy this job too much. There's something I'd much rather do. Just decide to do one or the other. Like, don't worry about, don't worry about the what ifs. Just, like, just let the thing happen. And if you screw up, you get it wrong, just make another decision. Then see where life takes you. Grace has got green eyes. I was so surprised to be blinded by them. And the sword of smile brings the butterflies as I'm lost inside them. I've been lonely, but I sure she knows. So I don't hope any longer. Remember the swimming rats from the start of the episode? Well, there was a second phase of that experiment. 
in search of an explanation for why some rats swam for a few minutes and some rats swam for days, they took a second set of animals and before they gave them the swim test, they put them in really tough situations. So the researchers would chase them around their cage with their hand to scare them. They'd hold them tightly and force them to wriggle free. They even sprayed them in the face with water when they were in contained spaces. They basically tortured them, but they always returned them back to their cage afterwards. And with this new set of pre-tortured rats, they then gave them the swim test. And remarkably, for this group, all of the rats swam for 60 hours. They all refused to give up. They chose to fight to the end. In a way, this is kind of what life can do to us. It chases us into a corner, it forces us to wriggle free, it sprays us in the face with a hose. But what we gain from those experiences is resilience, an ability to see a way through, and a determination to keep on fighting. Taking all his troubles once again. He looked out on a That's the show for the day. Thank you to my mom and to JB for sharing their stories. Thanks to Martin Andrews and the B-Sides and to Lost Bird for the music that I used today. You can find them on Bandcamp. You should review Flirting with 30 on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. And please be sure to subscribe. Thanks for listening. Flirting with 30, Season 2, The Flirt Awakens. One more time.